As we continue on, Mile High Magazine, we are in the month of March, and March is Colon Cancer Awareness Month. And joining us, as she has the past couple of years on Mile High Magazine from Rocky Mountain Cancer Center, is Dr. Sujatha Nalaparetti. Did I get it all right? You did. Oh, I, I, well, I've talked to you for three years. I think you'd get it by now, don't you think, Doc? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a tough uh, topic to talk about, but a big one, colon cancer. So let's get right to it. Who really is at the risk for colon cancer? I think a lot of people think it's only men, but it's not, is it? Yeah, it's it's both race. It's both genders, male and female. So as we all know, March is Colon Cancer Month, and I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to uh, talk about this. So f- coming to the risk factors for colon cancer, age is one of the risk factors. Uh, patient, people about 50 years of age are very high risk for colon cancer. Um, not only age, but also other risk factors include having personal history of polyps in the colon or family history of colon cancer, or if you have inflammatory bowel diseases like Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, does increase your risk of colon cancer. Also, if you have genetic inherited conditions like Lynch syndrome or adenomatous polyposis, you do have increased risk for colon cancer. In addition to this, um, obesity, uh, diabetes, smoking, alcohol, uh, dietary intake of processed foods does increase your risk. Recently, we have also noted having low vitamin D levels does increase your risk of colon cancer. And maybe that's why we do see increased risk in Alaskan uh, Americans and uh, Native Americans. There is high incidence of colorectal cancer. But we're also seeing much increase in young colorectal cancers lately in the last few years. Why is that? Why are young people, when you say young, what are we talking, 20s? 30s? What? Yeah. So when we say young, it's mostly patients in the 30s and 40s that we are seeing also increased incidence. And we would say that 12% of the colorectal cancers diagnosed each year are in that age population. So there are a lot of hypotheses for uh, why we are seeing increased increase rise in the young colorectal cancers. So there are two effects, they say. One is birth cohort effect and also gut microbiome alteration. I know these words seem like too complicated. Yeah, they're, so they're birth, big. They're big words. <laughs> yeah, so birth cohort effect is what it's like patient, uh, people who were born like in 60s, 70s and later. They say it's mainly because of the lifestyle changes, let it be sedentary lifestyle or increased consumption of processed meats. And also we have seen increased use of antibiotics in these generations, which also alters the gut microbiome. Uh-huh. That is the bacteria in your intestines, which are usually there and help you in uh, processing the foods and everything. It's altered, leading to inflammation and could be causing increased in, uh, incidence of young colorectal cancers. So these are all the hypotheses, but there's a lot of research going on in this patient population to see why there is increased um, incidence. And also, you also would think like young patients would ignore their symptoms too sure. of the cancer. And what are the symptoms? What are the common signs for colon cancer? So people that are sitting out there right now listening going, wow, I've got that. Maybe I should be checked. 
Yeah. So the most common symptoms are like if you have blood in your stools, don't ignore it. Don't think it's just hemorrhoids. It could be a cancer. So definitely get checked. That's one of the symptoms. The other symptoms would be if you're having constipation, which is getting worse, or diarrhea, or constipation alternating with diarrhea, thin stools, or if you go to your primary care and do your physical, and if you're very anemic or abdominal pain, weight loss, these would be the symptoms. So don't ignore if you have any symptoms. Definitely get uh, checked and do additional testing for evaluation. And let's talk about that, Doc. What are the screening recommendations for detecting colon cancer? Mm-hmm. So, uh First, coming to the recommendations, uh, it used to be like people above 50 should be screened for colon cancer. But the new guidelines have changed, and now the guidelines are 45 and above. It's 45 and above. I want to stress because, as we said, it's young colorectal cancer is also in increase. So every anyone who is 45 and above should get screened for colon cancer. And also, if you have family history or if you have any inherited conditions, the guidelines are to get start at even 40 or 10 years younger than your family member to start the screening for uh-huh. the colon cancer. So coming to the screening recommendations, we have two tests for screening. One is the stool test, or the other one is visual test. Stool test is like Cologuard, where you give stool samples and they check for blood and DNA for cancer in the stool, um, which is at least a good start if you are not uh, ready for colonoscopy to get started. But if you are ready, the best test would be visual test, which would be colonoscopy, where you go through a camera and look into your intestines to look for any polyps or cancers. And if you have polyps, they do remove them, and that's preventing colon cancer. So the screening is very good for colon cancer. So when we can prevent it, why not get at it and get it done? And also the good thing is the patients have like this notion that colonoscopy, you have to do the PrEP, it's bad, but Nowadays, the PrEP is not bad at all. Previously, I know they would make you drink a big jug of uh, chemical lightly. But nowadays, it's much easier. You just do like uh, laxatives and with Gatorade and you can do it. And I myself did colonoscopy this year and it was not bad at all. So that's what I tell patients. It's not bad at all if you can prevent cancer, why not get it done? Yeah, why not? Talking with uh, Dr. Sujatha Nalaparati from Rocky Mountain Cancer Center. Now, Doc, I want to back up a little bit and talk about that Cologuard. You see that thing advertised on TV, they send it to your mm-hmm. house. Is that effective, that that version of Cologuard, or is it better to get something from your doctor? Uh, so I think uh, Cologuard is, uh, at, uh, even with the doctor's office, they do recommend Cologuard uh, type tests, which are the stool tests. Getting started is the important thing. So it is very sensitive and specific test. Sometimes you can see some false positives, but uh, most of the time it's a very sensitive and specific test to, to get started. But if it's positive, you have to do a colonoscopy. So here's the next question. I started my colonoscopies, and you're right. In the early days, it was awful. But I had one a year ago, such as yourself, and it wasn't bad at all. It's a lot easier than it used to be, and I highly recommend it. You're in, you're out, you're done. But if they don't find polyps, when they do find polyps, they tell you to come back in five years. If they don't, is it 10 years? 
yeah, usually it's 10 years if you are uh, if you don't see anything. And we continue uh, colonoscopies until age 75. And even after that, if you're very perfectly healthy, up to 85 is also what's recommended. Yeah, because they told me, and I'm 73, and I had uh-huh. one a year ago, and he said, well, I don't think you'll have to come back. You're 73, you could wait 10 years, you'll be 83. I think we're done with you. And I, th- I thought he was teasing me. I mean, yeah. re- really, I'm done? Uh, no, the guidelines are 75. Sometimes we tend to even push it up to 85. Patients are in perfect health, and if we think their longevity is more, we could consider. So let's talk about what you could do to maybe help prevent the chances of getting uh, colon cancer, which is not something you want. How do you reduce yeah. your risk of developing this? So the things you could do as healthy eating, less processed foods, and less consumption of red meat, maybe like up to three servings a week, increase a consumption of fruits and vegetables and whole grains and fiber in your diet. That would be the most important thing which can help you. Uh, in addition to that, uh, making sure your weight is under control, decreasing the risk factors like smoking, alcohol, increasing physical activity, which is the common thing for any cancers or other conditions to exercise at least 30 minutes, five days a week. Um, and also there have been some studies looking at keeping your vitamin D levels good has shown to decrease the risk of uh, colon cancer. So that's what I've been telling my patients mostly to make sure they get their levels of vitamin D checked and also keep their levels under normal range. You know, Doc, it's amazing. I talk to a lot of doctors such as yourself about various kinds of cancer. And as you know, I'm a cancer survivor myself. And Mm -hmm. inevitably, they say exercise and diet. No matter what kind of cancer you have, you should have this or prevent this with those elements, exercise and diet. Why the exercise part? I always get curious. So the... when at least the things you can do to prevent you should be doing right, right. but there are some conditions some things which are out of your control and even sometimes in patients who do exercise and diet it can happen but at least if you can do the things you can do that would be great and exercise has always shown to help like uh, keeping your weight under control it prevents diabetes and it prevents like um, and it also increases the oxygenation in the blood keep making you feel healthy so those would be the things uh, with the exercise well I can see it. that's what I started I actually started that when I got my breast cancer and I've lost like 30 pounds because of exercise and dieting and I'm always curious too do you start that when you're younger I mean you've younger People get colon cancer, you're saying 30s and 40s, typically over 50. But should you start well before those danger areas? Yeah, I would say, right? Like, especially you see our younger generation, they are always uh, like more sedentary, desk jobs, computer jobs. They're sitting in front of the computer all the time. So they don't have a lot of um, mobility. So exercise definitely helps. At least it's, you don't need to do a lot. At least half hour a day would be a good start. Exactly. And the other question among a couple I have for you, when you talk about if it's been in your family, is that a genetic thing? If somebody in your family's had colon cancer and if you have no symptoms whatsoever, should you be tested anyhow because it is a genetic thing in your family? Yeah. Nowadays, like genetic testing has been helping us a lot in identifying families where who are at increased risk. So if you do have a family member with colon cancer, the person who had the cancer would be the best person to get screened. But if not, anybody should get at least 
screened for genetic conditions like Lynch syndrome or APC. It's called adenomatous polyposis coli, where you do see a lot of polyps in the colon. So if you do genetic testing, the guidelines do change for screening, that you start screening even at age 25 if you have inherited or genetic conditions. Well, is that going to go through the insurance companies? That always seems to be a problem. They always push push back at getting certain testing because of your age. Is it? Uh-huh. it does it make a difference? Uh, it used to be, but not anymore. Nowadays, we hardly see any pushback from the insurances because it's all preventive services. If you know that you have a genetic or inherited condition, and also, like even for patients who don't have insurance, too, these tests have become so cheaper now. They are not in uh, any more like thousands of dollars. They are in hundreds, and most of these genetic uh, testing companies do help patients with uh, assistance in getting the testing for family members. And you should probably start with any questions with your personal physician, correct? Exactly. When you see your personal physician for your uh, wellness checkup, family history is always important. And that's where it starts. If you have a family history, they are recommended to us and to the genetic counselors for testing and uh, giving them screening recommendations. Now, you mentioned in the last couple of years, uh, there's been an increase, unfortunately, in colon cancer. And I've heard people think, well, because of the last three years, we've had COVID. Did COVID have any effect on colon cancer or the increased uh, diagnoses of it? So I think with COVID, what happened was the screening was halted a lot in the first two years of the COVID. Uh So I think after once the COVID got better, we have uh, increased in screening, which was not done in the two years. So that was that's why we saw a little bit increase in the colon cancer incidence. And I think it also might have had patients present in little bit later stages, in stage three and stage four. But again, we are seeing the trend downwards now. That's a good thing for sure. Talking with uh, Dr. Sujatha Nalaparadi over at Rocky Mountain Cancer Center. What other services do you have over there at the Rocky Mountain Cancer Center, Doc? Uh, so here at Rocky Mountain Cancer Centers, we have a multidisciplinary approach for the patients with uh, colorectal cancers. We have radiation oncologists, surgical oncologists, and us medical oncologists working together to give best uh, treatment options for the patients. We also are active in clinical research, so we do have a lot of clinical trials for our patients, let it be for treatment or diagnosis or for surveillance and follow-ups. And we also offer genetic counseling for our patients and family members. We do the genetic testing and uh, counseling and give uh, screening recommendations for patients and families. And we also have a lot of supportive services with our social workers, financial counselors, um, uh, like uh, survivorships, which we uh, offer to our patients once they are done with their treatments. All good over there, Rocky Mountain Cancer Center. Doctor, thanks so much for coming on with us today at Mile High Magazine. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to talk about it. Good thing to get the word out for sure. You guys, thank you for listening. Mile High Magazine, and we'll talk to you again next Sunday.